This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, speaking with Dorian Branch, who is what in the second month of your graduation from University of Houston. Is that right? Well, one official month down already. We're working on month two. Okay. How you doing, mentee? <laughs> I'm good. I appreciate you having me on here today. Well, you know, I got to do a follow-up with you and, and see how things are going for you and, and touch on a few things. How is your your own podcast coming along? Well, the podcast is pretty good. I started off having episodes Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, It slowed down as of late. I just felt like with everything that was going on, it was just a little inappropriate to still be doing the podcast as often. But then again, I also thought about it and felt like it was some positivity coming from the podcast. So I needed to get back on it. So there will be an episode tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Well, Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And then I'm going to have a special Juneteenth episode featuring a former A&M basketball player who now has a clothing line. And if the ball would just keep rolling from there. And do I know this A&M basketball player? Um, well, her name is Chelsea Jennings, if you know her. I know of her. She may not remember me from anything, but yes. Okay, good. I look forward to that. And how can yes, folks, sir. what's the name of your podcast and how can folks find it? Um, you can just type in Off the Court with Dorian. The podcast episodes are on the Anchor app, which is the app I use to distribute the podcast. Then you can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other podcast platforms that you could think of. And props to you for your podcast. I am proud of you for, for doing that. Uh, you're doing good work. I appreciate it. Yeah, I haven't mentioned that to you before. You're doing good work, so keep that up. <laughs> what? Just give me some thoughts. What are your thoughts on the state of America slash the world these last few weeks? Well, these last few weeks have just been shining extra light on what's been going on for a long time. I think that it's a very tough time right now. I think that athletes have been put in a pretty crazy situation on what stance they should take with things. I think that a lot of things that people have just been covering up is just coming right out into the light. Um, but I also think that it, it was, it's, it's a little positive from it because it's, it's making people that look like us come together and realize, finally realize that we need to support each other on a much deeper level and I think that it will be something positive to come out of it, but people have to stay focused and continuing that support that was happening in the first week and two weeks that everything just broke out. How old were you when you realized how things were in America? Was something your, your mom taught you? You, you experienced I'm, it firsthand or what? How did it come about? I mean, you know, I grew up in a middle-class family, so I've always been around black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people. You know, I've been around all types of races. So I've seen people, and I can say that uh, genuinely it's, it's kind of easy to tell who is racist and who isn't. It, just to be blunt about it, I mean, 
it's obvious. I mean, because you can tell when somebody's genuine about what they're doing for you or genuine about having you come to their house or hang out, just stuff like that. I mean, it's obvious. And so, like I said, just growing up middle class, you know, seeing all different races on a daily basis, I mean, that that alone allowed me to learn at a young age myself and the people that were around me. What are your thoughts on uh, the pandemic, COVID-19, Rona? I think that COVID-19 was a big wake-up call for a lot of people. I think people are nasty, generally. Like, it it (laughs) makes no sense. It makes no sense that you had to tell people, oh, wash your hands whenever you're done doing this. Wash your hands here. Put hand sanitizer on. Like, I think that, that that's crazy all in its own. But I also think that it's scary because we just, we still don't really know much about it. And, to, you know, you have the, the, the different states, governors who, you know, want to do such things and other states who don't. Then you have protests. So I think that COVID is still here. I think it's going to be here for a while until, you know, there's more information that we know about it. But I think that it was a wake-up call as well as everything else. And and for us to be in 2020 telling people, like, please wash your hands or cover your mouth, sneeze into your arm, you know, just certain stuff that I just feel like you should have already known. It's, it's pretty wild. I agree with that. My only, I guess, issue with any any of this, not with so many other issues, but the only way you should not be washing your hands with soap and water is if you don't have soap and water. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I mean, because there are some folks who don't have access to water. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if you have access to water and soap, that you should have been washing your hands with soap and water all this time. But clearly, some folks have not, do not do that, and that is, that really is sad. Exactly, exactly. What are your thoughts on more and more college players? And I'm not going to say the term student-athlete. If anything, I'll say athlete-student. But college players (laughs) speaking up and, and voicing their opinions, realizing how much influence that they do have when they utilize it. I think that is great. Honestly, when you think about it, a lot of universities thrive off of the athlete students, you know, and of course they don't get enough credit. We don't get enough credit because, you know, I'm a, I'm a former athlete student. And, and, and so the school thrives off of sports though. And, I think that people are always going to feel limited as long as they're playing under somebody because when you think about it, you always feel like your scholarship could be on the line. And so I think that's why certain people just stay quiet or don't speak on specific things. But it always takes one person for the next and the next and the next to realize, okay, well, if I do say something, then I could actually help all the other people that look like me. I can also help all the other athletes, students, you know? And so I think that it's a good thing. I think that it needs to continue 
you know, along with the name, image, and likeness thing, you know, that student athletes should get paid for that. I mean, it's kind of obvious that, okay, if I'm coming to you for four years, giving you my blood, sweat, and tears, literally, you know, having this full-time job with you, the least you could do is respect something that I say. So I think that it's good that it's starting to happen more now, and I think that more student athletes need to support the ones that are speaking so that real changes can actually happen on the different campuses. A few days ago, our mine and yours alma mater announced that I think it was the six six athlete students tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to hearing that news? Well, um, my reaction was that, I mean, what else did you really think was going to happen in a way? Because you can say that y'all are doing everything that you want to do at the school, but when those players leave the school to go do what they're doing for the remainder of the day, you have no control over that. So, once again, with COVID being out there and us just still not knowing a whole lot about it, you don't really know how to control it. You just know, like, okay, if I stay clean, wash my hands, take often showers, that I can stray away from it a little bit. It just wasn't a good idea. I mean, we're not in the position to be having athlete students get back on campuses. I understand you want people to work out. I understand that. You know, you're thinking about the season, but I just feel like that's really not what's most important right now. And so I thought that it was rushed for them to be back, and the obvious effects of that is you got COVID in the facilities, and and, and now everybody has to go back home where they were before that. Have you, do you and your friends talking, and, and I'm not necessarily – pinning you down for your former teammates, you know, folks still at U of H in athletics. But as mm-hmm. a youth thing, as a generation thing, do what do you see? How do how do your friends and peers, what do they think about COVID? Do they wear, wash your hands? Do they wear a mask? Do they practice social distancing? Or are they just completely, it's not what happened to me, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can say that I have a lot of different kind of friends. So to answer that question, I have some friends that are kind of like me and they are taking it serious. I have some that are still in college, and so they are still worried about the season and worried about staying in shape and working out. So they, they're working out every day. You know, they're going to gyms and stuff like that. Um, I have some other friends who they the clubs opened back up, and that meant that it was time to start going back out. So you know, just generationally, um, I can say that, yes, it's probably half of the people my age are taking it serious, but then the other half is definitely not. And so that's why I really don't see an ending to this very soon, because there's a lot of people in the world that are not taking it serious. And then you have those people that are. Either way, if the people that aren't go out, I mean, you're you're subject to it regardless because other people aren't caring as much as you, you know? So do you think college athletics should resume in, I guess, what, August? 
I think that college athletics should resume when we really know what this COVID is and know what it's about, how to prevent it. I mean, at, at what point do we actually consider, you know, the feelings of athlete students versus the actual play? Everybody that plays a sport wants to play. They should know that. But to rush it when it's not a good time and when it's clearly not safe, I just think that's not necessary. Okay. Do you think colleges and universities' um, classes should resume on campus or just continue with with the online teaching? In well, well, that kind of puts me in a bad place because online classes are not for everybody. And being at the University of Houston playing on the basketball team, you were likely to have, you know, probably half of your classes online, half in class. Sometimes, you know, they're going to make you go to class if you're just not good at online classes. I feel that way about every student, though. That's a college student, high school student, everybody. Everybody is incapable of learning from a computer or, you know, learning that way when somebody's not hands-on. You know, everybody has different learning styles. So I think that puts students in a bad position if they cannot learn that way or if their focus isn't good, like if they're not on campus or not in the library or not in study hall, they can't get stuff done. You know, that's that's putting them in a really bad position. So I honestly can't say on if classes should resume or not because it just puts people in a bad position either way. Shift gears and let's go to pro sports. Mm-hmm. Monday, the WNBA announced that they're going to resume the season, be a 22 game season. Mm-hmm. Do you follow the WNBA? Of course, right? it's it's going to be okay. at IMG. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, are you okay with that? Do you understand that? Well, I I want the WNBA players to get paid. We obviously know about the the, the pay wage gap that the WNBA has. So I want them to get paid. So whatever is I'm, – I'm kind of on the side to what is necessary for them to play, I want to happen. However, whatever they can do, you know, at IMG, where they're all going to be secluded, right? Right. I, I You know, I hope that it, it really works out and everybody can stay safe in the process also while – we're able to watch some good basketball because I do feel like Black Lives Matters and protesting is important, but I think that it is also very mentally draining for other people that look like us. And I think if they put all their energy into that every single day, you know, like like the pastors on my last podcast said, it's going to turn into depression because you're just going to be thinking about that all the time. So I think with the WNBA coming back and I guess maybe the NBA, I think that it'll give people an outlet to just sit and watch something interesting to be able to get their mind off of stuff just for a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, so that they don't ultimately get depressed. See, I I agree with what 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 you said. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of, of a quote or comment from Dwight Howard, 
that I did not really agree with when he said <laughs> that um, basketball isn't needed right now because my thing is, honestly, basketball isn't needed, period, anytime because it's basketball. It's a sport. It's mm-hmm. important to the people playing it. It's important to the people who watch it, work, are involved in the employment part of it. But in the grand scheme of things, we don't need basketball, you know. Right. But I knew where he was coming from, but I think he could have added a little bit more context to it. But since you said it, and you said it very bluntly, as I you would, that you're forced <laughs> to follow the WNBA, how many of your friends watch the WNBA? Now, you know, that's a question I can't answer, honestly. Why not? You, you got because friends? I, you got <laughs> yeah, but because I don't know, and I mean, I have I have friends from other sports, and of course they don't they don't watch it. I mean, that's 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 part of the problem, though, and that's you know, of course, something that people around the WNBA and people that really support the WNBA have been trying to work on. Of course, is the marketing aspect of it, right. and I just think that that has to continue. And like they say, you know. The WNBA is important. Like, people have to realize that it is great basketball being played on the women's side as well as on the men's side. But because it's not a man, then people don't want to respect it. Or because they're not dunking, then it's not interesting. Like, it is good basketball being played. There are some phenomenal players in the WNBA. I mean, we can just sit here and, you know, go down the list right now talking about that. And I think that they have to also sacrifice a lot. So people need to realize that as well. They sacrifice a lot. They all leave their families for months and months each year because they're not getting paid enough in the WNBA to where they have to go play overseas so that they can make a real living for themselves and their families. Growing up, when you were AAU hooping and high school, college mm-hmm. how many of your teammates did y'all discuss WNBA games did y'all discuss wanting to get to the W as pros I mean how much of a discussion was it more NBA follow following or WNBA well I would say that it was definitely more NBA of course um and AAU um during the summer is when the WNBA season is as well as AU. So, like, on some teams that I played for, we went to WNBA games, you know. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that that's important. I think that a lot of, if not all, AAU, AAU programs should do that because the the way that people are going to know about things are if they see it. You know what I'm saying? People see the NBA on TV all the time. So they know people that are in the NBA, even if they don't watch basketball, you know what I'm saying? So that same thing has to happen for the WNBA as well. But, yes, there were conversations. And, of course, me being the person I am, I like to compare and just all that kind of stuff, you know, who was my my favorite player, you know, who I like to watch play versus somebody I might not like or, or their style or what they're doing off the court, you know, just in life. So. The conversations was there. Um, I know that we got to go to some games, but I hope that that becomes a thing. That becomes a trend for AAU teams is to start supporting the WNBA more 
especially with their season being during AAU season as well. Which teams, which WNBA teams did you see when you were, I guess, at, when your AAU teams, when y'all went to a 10 games? Who did y'all see play? Mm, of course, the Dallas Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen uh, the Atlanta Dream in, in person, Dallas Wings. Um, but I watch a, you know, I watch a ton of WNBA basketball as well. So, I mean, I've seen every team play. Now, okay. of course, I, I have favorites over the others. But I next question. Who is, enjoy... who is your favorite player? <laughs> who is your favorite team? Whatever. Well, um, of course, growing up, my favorite player was Candace Parker. And that's because I was in love with Pat Summit as well, you know, Growing up, I'm I gotta go to Tennessee. I gotta go to Tennessee play for Pat Summit. So Candace Parker is my favorite player, but of course, with me actually being born in Georgia, and the person I'm about to name next, Maya Moore, of course, that's you know, elite. And then right. I mean, you just have to talk about you have to talk about all the other great players as well. I mean, like I said, that list can go on and on and on. You know, I have family from Baton Rouge, so of course Simone Augustus, I have to know who that is, and and her swag. So, right. So those would probably be my top three, but then I can't discredit anybody else. So then you got Della Dawn, and then you have Skylar Diggins, Diana Taurasi, you know, and then you just go on and on. It's a lot of amazing players in the WNBA that I love supporting as much as I can. I learned something new. One, I don't remember us discussing that you were born in Georgia. But yeah. two, I really did not know how much respect you had for, for Coach Summit. So how did that happen? Oh, I mean I mean when I was just a kid watching basketball, that's who I can that's who I can say I remember seeing. Okay. You know, like on TV or hearing about, that's who I remember. It's Pat Summit in Tennessee, Lady Balls. That's who I remember. Does your mom or did your mom share that same kind of admiration for Coach Summit? I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, and and whoever I like, then she's going to say, well, let me see. I like them too. You know, like that's my mom. So she's going to do that regardless. <laughs> Okay, I mean, it's June, middle of June. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold you to this prediction, but <laughs> who do you have, like, one or two t- WNBA teams that you think are favorites to win it all this season? Um, This season, I would say either uh, Washington with a repeat or okay. – or I mean, I just I just can't get past the Phoenix Mercury having Skylar Diggins, Diana Taurasi, and Brittany Griner. So uh, that that would be my top two. That would be my top two. And then of course, close right behind them, you always have to have L.A. And then I think the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, I mean Phoenix has it has a new big three. Of course. Uh... News was it was the last week and Kelsey Plum tore her yeah, Achilles. Tore Achilles. Mm-hmm. So that's a big blow to the Aces. So yeah, and, but I and, mean, I mean when you when you put Washington, <laughs> when you look at their roster on paper, and then 
you saw what they did last year, and then you add Tina Charles to that. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really see how you can beat them. That's more so where I'm at with it. I, I mean, really, I mean, you're right. <laughs> but it, the only the only saving graces, not saving graces, but possibilities are obviously one is is injuries, of course, and that that, that mm-hmm. goes for every team. Mm-hmm. But how will the players, teams, coaches adjust and adapt to playing all the games at IMG? That now that's a question I don't know. None of us do. See, that's that's really the biggest <laughs> question over all of it now is to see how yeah. will it impact some, you know, certain players more than others. And you know, because you know, there's always a thing about uh, you know, home court advantage. You mm-hmm. know, your rims and and stuff like that. So I am interested to see. But great players are always going to be great players, and I feel like every player that's in the WNBA is great because you know, twelve men rosters. Well, twelve women rosters. You, well, you it's, make it's eleven, that. right? Eleven. That. It's like eleven. It's certain teams. I think certain teams have twelve because I think I was trying to look at um, all the rosters when they came. It's out. not more than twelve. I know that. So yeah, it's yeah, eleven so or ten. It's so, like yeah. it. It differs from the team on how many players are on each team. But I'm I'm looking forward to the WNBA. Once again, when I was hurt uh, personally and financially, when the Comets disbanded in 2008, right. But the last cu- couple of years, my interest has in the W has has returned. So, and I'm I'm enjoying seeing the talent and the players hooping. I like basketball. If you can hoop, you can hoop. I'm gonna watch. So, and 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 that's the that's what I want. A lot of other people to get over that barrier. Stop Have saying you had a women. Chance? Stop saying women, men. Like basketball is basketball, and if you love right. basketball, if you love watching basketball, then you're gonna watch the WNBA. It makes no and sense it, for you not to. It and it does help. And and they're not the fellas aren't doing this. I mean, some might aren't doing this for for a show, but many of the NBA players appreciate good hooping so <laughs> they're gonna agree and, and that's why they and that's why they support is because right. they know what they're in the nba so they know what good basketball is which is why they go watch the WNBA. it just makes sense it just makes sense that's all unfortunately this this summer with the bubble in orlando and then the bubble at for IMG, like I don't, I guess we won't have NBA players being able to go see the WNBA players. No, and 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 I rightfully think that they shouldn't. Neither neither so, one should be crossing. If they want it to be secluded and as safe as possible, then you and and they want to play and the players you know, want to play, then I think they have to do what's necessary to make that happen, you know? Yeah, and that's, I, I agree. That, and, that's hard, and that's hard and that's sad. Of course, the NBA players, you know, they have kids, but when you think about women 
and then them not being able, you know, to possibly be with their families and around their kids. So some that have had kids and then came back to play and stuff like that is really like sad when you think about that perspective. It is. And I just thought about that. So that's going to be another aspect of how COVID-19 is impacting basketball is you won't have the crossover appearances at the games. So that's, that's and, be and that's always thing. fun. And that's always yeah. fun. I mean, you have uh, the WNBA players wearing, you know, NBA players jerseys are just funny stuff in general. Like I love seeing their uh, pregame fits and then, You'll have the NBA players, you know, wearing the WNBA players' jerseys or they're just at the actual games, you know, courtside. So that stuff is always fun. Um, I love a good collaboration. I mean, I think that's what it's all about, and I think that will also help the marketing perspective for for the WNBA, which I think is the biggest thing that they lack. And so um, hopefully it could – you know, the players can find a way to promote each other because I think ultimately that'll help the WNBA the most. And hopefully this is just a, a one one summer thing and we'll have to do this next summer. We'll be back to uh, I being know. vaccinated and, and, and at minimum just having to wear a mask in public so often or whatever, not having to worry about you can't go here, you can't go there kind of stuff. Exactly, exactly. Besides your podcast, what does the future hold for Dorian Branch? <laughs> well, you know, right now I'm working a little temporary job just to be able to save some money during this pandemic and in times. Um, but what's next is going to be something involving sports management, sports administration definitely down that path i i can't disclose right now but it's going to be big just know that and i'm going to be around basketball as if i was playing <laughs> okay well if you as long as you're around basketball that means at some at some point i will see you because i'll be around basketball too as you know so that works of for me of course of course, of course, you know that. All right, Dorian Branch, thank you as always for taking time to talk to me. Is there anything you want to mention that I didn't ask you? No, no, thank you, and I appreciate you having me on here today. You're welcome, and I will talk to you later. You take care. Yes, sir, you too. Stay safe. You too, stay safe. Bye-bye.